Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and David Wayne Young. Yes, hello. Welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm David Wayne Young. And today, we're going to be talking about some of the film works of Spike Lee. Woo! And those three movies are... They are Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, and He Got Game. That's right. Um, you know, there was... I, I In any other situation, I probably would have thrown in, like, probably Black Klansman in there. But uh, we've talked about it on the Golden Jamies before. Um, right. It seemed it seemed like a weird thing to, we're going to be running into that problem now <laughs> as we right as we leaning into stuff we've already covered. Well, how many times have have we had to ask ourselves? Oh wait, have we already talked about that? Because we've been doing right. this show yeah. for the better part of a decade. Um. So, yes. Um. I don't know. If you have any like general thoughts on Spike Lee uh, having like like going in or whatever, because I know I I I did and do. I I well I will say first and foremost that um, I've read quite a few of his screenplays, um, and it's I mean he's a great storyteller, um, but I. The I, I think the only one that I know for a fact I've seen of his was Black Klansman. Um and so, you know, it's this dissonance that I knew I was gonna expect from um what he's written and what he's, you know, put together on screen. Mm-hmm. Um I knew there were gonna be some differences and I also knew there were gonna be some pleasant or unpleasant surprises. Um you know, based on what my mind's eye created from what he put together. So, um, you know, th- that's that's the headspace that I came into it with. I, I was I was pretty glad that uh, you asked me because I'm like, well, I already I I already read some of these. I, I need to put my sure my mind's eye to use. <laughs> so I have this like comparison. So now he's thinking I could have done it better. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just I'm I, I was very interested in some of the ways that things developed. Yes. But anyway, yeah. I know for me, like if honestly, because even if you listen to like early episodes of this podcast, which no one should ever do, um there I I had a very different opinion of Spike Lee before I watched his movies because I I wasn't as big a fan of the man before. Um, he seemed like a guy who, who, you know, went out of his way to complain about other people's movies and it, it seemed annoying to me. Um, I I get that impression. I, I I understand it. I do. Yes. And cause like, and like once I like, you know, saw more of him, especially like just kind of you know, talking about his own work. I, I understood it a lot more. I still find some of the things he says and does kind of annoying, <laughs> but I, I'm willing, I'm much more willing to forgive him for it uh, than I, than I was right. before. Um, you know, I've seen a handful of movies he had directed like over the last couple years. And um, I mean, Black Klansman has, has stood out as, um, as a favorite I've watched it many a time and when you were here last year we showed it to you and of course you know anything he was he was doing with uh, uh, Kansan filmmaker Kevin Wilmot <laughs> has been great um, so but one movie in particular that I've always wanted to watch was Do the Right Thing and uh, you know here's here's the process in which I tried to watch this movie um I checked family video went back when it was still open they didn't have it um so I said okay mm-hmm. when this movie's on Netflix I'm going to watch it <laughs> um 
And then I think it happened eventually, but then we decided to do a podcast, so I couldn't watch it. Um, and right. then fortune shined upon me. Uh, the Orpheum, a local theater, uh, started was doing this uh, was doing this series. Uh, I think it was like I want to say it was like the Black Lens film series, something like that. Um, and I won tickets to it. I won free tickets to it. Oh, awesome! <laughs> and so it was like we already knew we were going to do this episode this year. So I said, David, here's when we're doing the episode right after I watched that movie. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> the throw in theater experience real fast. There actually wasn't a lot of people, um, which I was surprised by and not surprised by. Uh, it was a very quaint experience, perfect atmosphere. I remember like le- going in, there was a lot of like nineties hip hop, uh, leading up to the movie, like playing over the speakers, mm-hmm. like just like, you know, the public they, enemy they... was blasting over the <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I've got plenty of things to say about Public Enemy. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good, it was a good way to experience it for the first time. And man, oh man, just kind of like getting into the movie. Uh, like I was surprised. Like I knew there were plenty of like, you know, recognizable people in, in the movie, but I didn't know just how many there were. Um, right. You know, like you got Samuel L. Jackson, um, John, John Turturro. Turturro. Yeah. Um, even Martin Lawrence is in there. <laughs> like uh, Danny Aiello, Rosie Perez. Um, oh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. So, yeah. Who I think is in all three. No, just the first two. Just the first two. I re- yeah, I um, remember from the first two. Yeah. I don't know, like what what were your kind of uh, what what did what did you kind of think overall? I loved it. Um, it nice. It was okay. I, it was yeah. This is a great experience. Um, it is one of the movies that I've already read, so story wise, I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still super interesting to watch. Um, what I would if. I were gonna give it a tongue, a cheek, yeah, a tongue and cheek title. <laughs> I would call it "The Monsters Are Due in Bedsty." Like it's, it's very clearly like this. Um, well, you know that that Twilight Zone episode where you know the whole neighborhood just breaks down completely due to paranoia. Right. Yeah. Same thing, but with hate, and it's just it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very very strong experience regardless of where you come in because you know there's a lot of comedy that yes you know you get to enjoy and if you're expecting that you might be surprised by what happens in the latter third of the movie right i mean you know it is a slow burn yes because like it gives you a lot of time to really like the characters and to just kind of bounce around the neighborhood um like i I wouldn't say you like all the characters (laughs) <laughs> like uh, you, you can empathize with them but i i'm gonna say right now that most of them were douchebags except demea and uh and um sal was not a douchebag until you know he fucking yes. cracked and <laughs> lost yeah. his shit well and, yeah um, and i mean that's there's a whole like because they're all of them are very human and like because Yes. I I like them as characters, not as people. Let's put it that way. Sure, um, sure. Because okay. like I I love to like hate John Turturro's character in this one. Like he's such an yes. asshole. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, like, and obviously, like we're we're going full on into spoilers for all of these movies. Um. So like like we always do for you can't ma- not with uh, for movies. a majority of our podcasts. But uh, I just wanted like one of my first notes that I wrote down when I got home was under three dollars for two slices in a soda. Fuck y'all for burning that place down. <laughs> I know. God, I. It, it's it's so. It, it's so weird to me, because you know there's this unwritten rule in a lot of like TV where you know uh prices don't always get named you know especially yes. when you're talking about like someone's salary and stuff like 
those things don't get said because, because it's they don't not going to have well. the same effect 10 years later. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, when you do get a mouthful of it from something like a 90s movie, it's like, damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I could have gotten lunch for three dollars, and now I'm spending thirteen. And now, and now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's that's just if I'm having a cheap lunch. Like, yeah, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> we talked about Public Enemy, and it, it they pop up a lot in this movie, uh, especially. Yeah. Uh, one song specifically, "Fight the Power," which I did not know was made for this movie. Um, oh, and... I didn't know that. It's so goddamn good. I didn't mind hearing it like 30 times. I was right there with right. radio. I like this song. Man, I it's so funny cuz like I I I both like was pissed off by radio right Yes. and also like I obviously have mad respect for the fact that he literally didn't turn it off yeah. for most of the movie. Um one time because he was hungry and he needed some fucking pizza. like okay he'll abide so, this rule once and I like how I like how petty like his <laughs> like he joins uh, the boycott uh, <laughs> because they, they right, made him turn right. off his music like um, I love how petty like, that is come on I, and he's like talking about love and hate and then he comes in there in somebody else's space and is blasting his music just right real shittily it's like, like come on dude it's not yeah because like everything in this movie is not you know uh it, it's it's not a black and white situation to where no like no. you know yeah. one person is obviously right and one person's obviously wrong um and i mean a big You know, you can't really, like, I mean, a majority of the discussion about the film is either about the characters themselves or really about the final act. And, you know, if we want to jump right into that. um, Well, we already said the rest of it's a slow burn. I mean, yeah, it's, and like, I, and I don't mind it at all. Like, I did not feel the runtime. No, 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 it's a good way. Yeah, it's just a longer version of, you know, the the same idea that... you saw on Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. It's, you know, you get to know everyone and then slowly they start to fall apart. Yes. Um, so I had, uh, when I was watching it, I had I had mixed feelings as it unfolded. Um, you're watching okay. several characters you like make a series of horrible decisions that escalate into a situation that, like, there's a point of no return. Uh, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, watching watching radio die is like perfectly horrific. Um, like I, you know, I didn't, I should have probably expected it because obviously times have not changed. Um, but like, I wasn't expecting exactly what we got there. And, um, you know, it reflected a lot of, a lot of things in real life. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not an instigator, (laughs) you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, he's, uh, you know, you can't even call him an innocent bystander in this situation. But I mean, in reality, no, yeah, because they're both they're both definitely in the wrong. Like neither one of them yeah. should have been doing the thing. Uh, Sal or Radio should have been doing the things they were doing. Um, but like, it's just like going above and beyond too far. Um, yep. On on the uh, on the police behalf, um, especially. And of course, um, it takes that direction because you know, I mean, this this whole thing is is pointing toward, like you said, things that that don't that haven't changed. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you you see it. Yeah, that's I I think that's why it still has such a profound effect. the The movie itself, to this day, is is the fact that you know, even when a situation seems like it could and okay if everyone does what they're supposed yeah. to so someone still gets the shit under the stick and i mean it it happens to be the black man in this situation yes. and it sucks and it's like because you know like you said sal's probably one of the few characters in the movie who's not a dick for a majority <laughs> for a majority of it um obviously right. he, he he blows Until a he stack at the end shit. 
Yeah, and yeah. It, like it goes really badly because, like, you know, he makes a point. Like, he's he's shutting down everything John Turturro's character is saying throughout the movie. Like, fuck you. Like, you know, these kids grew up eating my pizza, and um, you know, they've they've shown us nothing but kindness, kindness, and everything. And it's like knowing yeah, how. Yeah, he says, "Why all the hate?" Yeah. 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 Why um, all the hate? Like he's he's just genuinely disappointed in how his son is is how his son is acting, and it's like knowing how they must feel after like after ha- like you know you're just savoring what a great day you you just had like and having it end like this mm-hmm. uh, is like it's it's gut wrenching and then like because you also know like the hor like <laughs> the worst part for like that family especially is like in John Turturro's character's mind, this just confirmed everything he thought, and it shouldn't, but it did. Right. Right. Yeah, there's so much about it that literally is just a a building up of of awful traits that you don't want to see in a character, and then get confirmed. Yes. And And it's it's all because of, I mean, in reality, it's all because of the heat. Everyone acts out of out of sorts because they can't stand what's happening to them. Right. I think the third act really comes down to, did Mookie do the right thing? Um, Yes. And thank you for saying it. Yeah. And it's like seeing, seeing radio die demanded like some kind of justice, especially when, you know, like once you see the police roll off, it's like, okay, so not like, nothing is going to be righted here. Um, right. And was was this the right way to do it? Maybe not. But did it save Sal's ass? Yes. Because, right. like, that crowd was going to turn on him uh, had he not thrown that, uh, th- thrown something through the window. Um, and, th- you know, they just, they tear up his, they tear up his restaurant. He gets, insurance money he loses you know decades of of work uh sure and probably Mm -hmm. loses a a great amount of trust for humanity in general but um you know he probably i'm 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 thinking he saved his ass in general (laughs) there no it, it it's true and i i think you know it's one of the only times where one of the main characters does do the right thing. Yes. Because for mo- for most of the movie, it's this slow downturn into, well, whether you're ignoring the hate instead of speaking out against it, mm-hmm. or whether you're directly contributing to it, those aren't the right things. And, right. you know, I mean, the the messages that keep coming up are, uh, are ones of... Um, you know what is what justifies violence for one thing yes and you know does violence solve violence is the other thing and you know the the two statements that come up between uh dr martin luther king and malcolm x at the very end showcase what it's all been about i mean you know they had a direct photo comparison of the two Mm -hmm. um when smiley's coming around yeah and you know he he points to them at the very beginning of the movie and it's like oh okay if you're if you're looking at that as like an indicator of theme it demonstrates it very well both visually and like the quotes like you said like um the first one you see is the dr king quote and it like it i mean it really puts it in perspective and like this movie will not tell you the right answer quote unquote but there are two schools right. of thought at play, and you decide what's right. Right. And, you know, technically, Mookie's answer was a violent one, but it was the right yes. kind of violence, I think. Yeah, it's certainly the better kind, I would say, you know. Yeah. So I think I think if you were to ask, I'm not going to speak for them, but if you were going to ask, you know, both Dr. King and Malcolm X about that situation, I think they'd have the same opinion yeah <laughs> about yeah. that situation like they would you know so. more than likely you know one would condemn the action but still prefer it over another uh but 
Right. I, I, I think I think you're right. But I guess before like we give Jamie ratings, um, I just wanna uh, yeah. say the m- most important takeaway is don't go into a restaurant after close at closing time. Yes. <laughs> that is the most important <laughs> message of all, isn't it? Um, this never would have happened if those doors weren't open. Then some chairs are going to get thrown. Some fire is going to be made. Like You're damn it right, isn't, isn't pretty for anyone. Nope. Give yourself at least an hour before closing. <laughs> It'll be good. What do you uh, What do you give this movie, David? I think a nine. Um, oh, because okay. I I don't. Yeah, I don't have any major um, major things that stand in the way of how much I enjoyed it. Um, it's a powerful movie, and I think that it did what it came to do. Yeah. Um, even if it's not what people expect, um, I think that it's worth watching more than once. Nice. So. Yeah, and I definitely will be. Um, I'm going. I mean, I I have the same sentiment. I think there were like. Maybe a couple things here and there that, like, you know, I would have, like, moved past a little bit further if, like, you know. But, like, and that maybe lost half a point for me. I don't know. Like, you know, it's very arbitrary, these scores. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> with <laughs> I'm gonna go with 8.5 Jamie's, and that's How did the I double truth, Ruth. <laughs> Senor love daddy <laughs> Yes Yes Yeah we were just talking about Malcolm X So I think maybe that's the appropriate one To move into next What do you think Absolutely And I had seen okay. this movie once before last year um, And I I enjoyed it then You know um, <laughs> The sad thing is I knew we were going to do this episode this year And I was like oh I just I didn't I didn't look because the biggest thing that was daunting about this movie and the reason I didn't watch it for so long was because it is three and a half hours long. Um, yeah. And so it took me a very long time to sit down and watch it. And then I, I watched it and I realized, oh yeah, I have to watch it again for a podcast, but boohoo. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I will uh, say the the script is the same way. It's very, very long. Have you read the script for Malcolm so, X? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, it was it was one of the others that I wound up reading. Um, and I, I, I did not read He Got Game. I don't even know if that's available somewhere. But um, Right. Yeah, uh, with Malcolm X, I, uh, I will say, you know, comparatively, a uh, bit of a slog to, like, read through. Um, and, you know, I can you understand. Get a lot out of it. Yeah, you get a lot out of it, but it's 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 very very dense compared to uh, something like Do the Right Thing, or I wound up reading Black Klansman later on, and um, you know same thing. It it runs very quickly as opposed to this, so. right? Um, you know, there's a lot of yeah, given the historical information and like, you know, yeah, like we'll we'll get into some specifics on like things that are like harder to watch. In the movie, starting at the beginning, the the opening is incredible, and yeah, I because like Spike likes to use footage of like real life events in a lot of his movies, and there are plenty of times like you know Black Klansman has a scene at the end where they uh, use footage from Charlottesville. I turn it off before that comes on uh, because the movie's over before then, <laughs> and I I. I've seen it before. I don't need to see it again. But this is like, this is his best use of intercutting footage, being forced to face, and like just imagining, you know, an audience in 1992, like being forced to face the Rodney King uh, footage, like mere months after it happened, like on the big screen, Mm -hmm. really drives home a lot of what this story has to say. Right. That plus like the... I even like I love the opening credits like the American flag slowly turning into an X and everything like um just a really cool opening but uh and then I said speaking of incredible the zoot suits oh I know I know <laughs> I had that written down 
um it, it's it's so funny you you have you have zoot suits you have this like the first 30 well yeah maybe the first 40 50 minutes of the movie has a bit of a noir angle a little bit yeah i mean it's um, very it's a it's a crime yeah. movie at first yeah right um well even even just the like narrations the you know yeah the the stuff that you get from the character of malcolm as well just like it really solidifies that idea before he gets to prison and so it feels like a different movie after that of yes course. but yeah it, it's just really interesting and so yeah <laughs> I thought the costuming was great. Yeah, the truly. This is a period piece is is incredible. The cinematography. I mean, you know, I didn't talk too much about the cinematography in the last movie. I did enjoy it there, but like here especially, it's so good because it it does so much to like to take you there. You know. Yeah, agreed. Especially in that first forty minutes or so. Right. Everything's very like. There's a there's like almost sort of a you know a warmness like a nostalgic uh like an like idealization of of everything and then you know the rest of the movie's a little bit colder compared to that yep because it's it's just this it's a very big perspective shift and there's like maybe two or three of those throughout the movie but i yeah i i love the cinematography throughout um and then i mean we'll go ahead and just say it here uh, because this is a catch-all for the entire movie, and I mean for his entire career. Um, Denzel gives a powerhouse performance, of course. Yes, of course. Um. <laughs> it's it's stellar. Um, it goes without saying, but yeah, I said I, it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you have to say it regardless. Just pay pay the respect. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing because uh, you. I mean. Malcolm X undergoes multiple transformations throughout his life that we've seen. Yes. Um, you know, whether it's historically or through the eyes of this movie. And I think it captures that because of Denzel's performance, especially. Um, you mentioned the cinematography doing the same thing to an extent, and I think that's important. But yeah, I mean, with without Denzel doing what he did with each perspective shift, you know, yeah, I mean, it probably would be a very different movie. Yes, yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, another one in this in this section here is uh, I'm, I hope I say it right, Delroy Lindo, um, who plays kind of the uh, the crime boss. Oh, um, West Indian Archie. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, and he, I mean, he's always bringing his best with every role I've seen him in. So, so damn good. Um, yeah, thought he looked familiar. He's one of those people that pops up, like, here and there. And, like, he's always, he's always a character, like, he's always one of the highlights of the movie for me. <laughs> every time I see him. Nice. Uh, like, one of my favorite scenes. And, I mean, it's honestly just Denzel being a badass. Um, but it's, like, one of my favorite moments from this section of the movie is the Russian roulette scene where, I mean, he's already, like, palmed mm, the bullet mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, but he goes, uh, Rudy doesn't get it. I'll show him again. Right. <laughs> he just keeps sticking the gun to his head, like, like oh, no, it's okay. I'll show him again. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> um, there was a lot of concern before the film came out about the portrayal of Malcolm's criminal history. Um I mean, naturally, but, um, while I do think that he was very open about it though. Yes. And like they dedicate an hour of the movie to it. And I think maybe that was too much, but I do think oh, it I was yeah. completely necessary to build, you know, to build the historical figure the parallels that we'll see. Yeah. You know, well, that like, too. Yeah. But you see a lot of parallels in the way that he it's so fascinating so for example you know um west indian archie you know our crime boss he you know he has this stature about him and brings uh brings malcolm in under his wing and you know that whole thing is is really interesting but then what you see him what you see malcolm do when he's uh taken 
taken de facto control over the nation of Islam yeah. is is the fact that he does the same thing. He does the same thing. He's yes. the crime boss, quote unquote, of this organization. Yes. And it you wouldn't get that parallel. You wouldn't see that that um that obvious like callback if it weren't for the fact that, you know, I mean, we saw an hour of him receiving tutelage under this, you know, criminal boss. I think the thing that like, I mean, you know, especially just because we have his time in prison uh, that we go through for a little while. And then when he, once he comes out, um, you know, he's, 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 he dove full on into, into Islam. And mm-hmm. um, the scene between, between him and Shorty, uh, when he begins preaching, really just spotlights those changes. Like, oh yeah, this is a different man. Right. I was going to say, you could even see when they're talking uh, after his preaching, you can see Shorty like more strung out than before. And then yes. Malcolm's like fully clean and like just ready to like move on. Yeah. So, um, and then like, I mean, we even get another scene with, um, uh, with, with our crime boss from before where, I mean, he's, he has destroyed himself. Like, yeah, he is, he's in really rough shape and like, you know, seeing Malcolm like help him out and everything, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a very good scene. And you know, he remembered whether he had the number or not, but he yeah. didn't tell him because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like you see all the other guys who are a part of that little group are, you know, all of their lives are over, basically. Um, right. Both literally and Very figuratively poetic. for some of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we do spend a good fourth of the movie um, following his time under Elijah Muhammad. And right. uh, both times I've watched it, it's so... It's so hard to swallow, um, but it's very important. It's right. because it's how he became, he, he, it's how he began to better himself and he got a second chance through that. Uh, but it also covers a time which I do not agree with a lot of what he says. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it, the, what, what I think is important about that whole thing is that you know you you see him even like in the movie distance himself from the messages after it's like okay so he's able to realize these mistakes i you know whether it's you know whether it's the the advocation of you know this uh this idea of like submission or you know uh because i mean obviously like you're you're putting for example women on a a a secondary tier yeah in this like culture that uh, elijah muhammad is building through a label of islam not to be confused with you know the um the religion that i think you know over a billion people practice right um if i'm right i i I know it's a fast growing yeah uh religion even still but um the picture most people have of it is very different from what it actually is. Right. And that can't be understated even in this film, even in the what we see from Malcolm and from Elijah Muhammad. Because the yeah, and like like you said, especially just like the treatment of women is a huge like I mean, that was something I had a problem with with Malcolm before he even joins Islam is just like how little he values women. Um, And then like he begins to, I mean, he, he meets, he meets a, he meets a strong woman and gets married to her and someone who challenges him. Yep. Yes. And then he starts seeing like literally, I mean like Elijah Muhammad is 10 times worse, like fathering all these children and leaving them behind. And, um, it's his yeah. downfall. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so like 
you know, he's able to see like, okay, this guy who I've been working under, like maybe he's not, you know, and, and I mean, he's already kind of straying away from him in many ways before that. But like, that was like the definite turning point. Like, okay, you know, this guy is willing to make a million excuses for himself. So <laughs> like I said, it's the hardest part of the movie to get through for me, but very important as well. I'll tell you what was hard for me. Um, <laughs> this like apparition of Elijah Muhammad in the jail. I was like, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and I, I get it. This is, you know, it, it's encapsulating his experience in a visual way yes. because he said he experienced, he experienced this man being in the cell with him. I, I get it. I do. But man it's just very i'm like all right guys yeah it's it's non-literal like a lot of religion is is meant to be uh yeah uh then story-wise we get uh malcolm's trip to mecca which was very significant as this was i believe if i've read correctly the first narrative film to be allowed to film there Oh, that makes sense, actually. Those scenes are gorgeous. Like, there were documentaries that have been there. And also Spike Lee going was a big deal, too, because um, there were rules against that. Um, But Because he's not Islamic? I think so. And, I mean, neither is Denzel. So I feel like... um, Right, yeah. I, I wondered if that was the case. If if that, that was the might that they be had it. restrictions, yeah, okay, I don't know, but I I know that's... it's a very holy place, so obviously yes. cameras are like one thing for sure, right? And I mean, you like because you don't want someone to exploit it either, and they do not. Right. I mean, it is Agreed. it is like it is, you know, a major turning point in the story. Um, it's and a transcendent it's, experience for him. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's it's very much so handled that way, with as much respect yeah. as you possibly could. You know, I thought it was interesting too that um, you know this whole time, you know, it, one of the major tenets of Elijah Muhammad's um, goals and his you know regime was this idea that you know all all white men are the devil. Yeah, right. That's what what Baines's quote is, is saying. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, the experience in Mecca, it slashes that. Yeah. Like he says, he experiences people of all races, like, living together without any problem when, you know. Right. For the same goals. Yes. Yes. And it's like a major, like, the reason, and because I knew, like, before... You know, I really looked into anything about Malcolm X before. I knew him as the guy, and I think a lot of people have tried to like kind of keep his historical image as the man who worked under Elijah Muhammad, like who was very into the idea of anti-white like just very, rhetoric and... like very anti-white, very pro segregation, like like ultra segregation, <laughs> um, and yeah. It was, um, you know, it didn't paint a good picture for me. And then, like, as I, as I, like, you know, over the years have, you know, seen and read more about him, and then even like this movie, uh, like, you you get the picture of the man he became, and it's like, okay, this is this is this is someone I can like, you know, right? And it it shows. An important message, I think. Um, well, first of all, you you get the message at the end that says, "Did you really know Malcolm?" If that's what you thought of him, yeah, which I think is important. But mm-hmm. the other thing that I think is even more important because it's it's more about everyone than just one man is is the fact that you know a message of love <laughs> can uh, be disguised, and so can a message of hate. So, yes. you know, in reality, like, you know, Elijah Muhammad is sending a message of hate and painting it as a message of love for Malcolm and others to yeah. easily swallow. It's because very tailored to people. He believes all the yeah. love parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he believes in, 
you know, it, it fulfills him in a way, the the coding that you put on that message. But when you strip it back, and he does, he has to strip it back, um, he realizes it's the wrong message. Mm-hmm. So then we get to, I mean, because that, this is like where, I mean, his past has kind of caught up with him. Um, and it doesn't matter what he does now because he ends up in situations where his house gets firebombed. Um, and it like, I love that scene, the way it intercuts with the flashback, the, all the flashbacks with his father dealing with the clan. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then the fact that like, cause I mean, um, they tell Malcolm's mother like, Oh, he like the father committed suicide. So they couldn't get insurance money or whatever. And it's like, they put him like, they put his head on the rails of a fucking train. (laughs) Like that's, and then the, um, nation of Islam tries to say that, that he burned his own house down for attention. Like, yeah. Um, again with the parallels. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um and then uh I I had forgotten who he was playing, but I see um I see Giancarlo Esposito show up in this movie and I'm like, he's here too. Yes, as one of the assassins. <laughs> and, yep. Mm-hmm. And I like moments later put playing a real son of a bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um uh the the scene I mean, where he's not a really good guy and in do the right thing either no but not necessarily here <laughs> he yeah. i was entertained by him in, in that movie here sure um yeah. he hands he hands malcolm's daughter her like uh her toy back and oh i hate his gut so much in that scene yeah like leading up to the assassination um we have a very like beautiful scene um using many of spike lee's hallmarks uh, scored to the Sam Cooke song "A Change Is Gonna Come," like such mm. a such a perfect lead up, and then the assassination assassination scene itself is like it's impeccably shot. Um, the stunt work in particular is fantastic. Like people running out, like th- it's the type of thing that like I feel like would kind of be overlooked in other movies but like people are like you know tripping down the stairs and like you know throwing each other all over the place like it's it's crazy and it like it tears me up every time watching it yeah for for a a standard crime drama it's it's a sudden move in a different direction into like the the action yeah realm and so yeah because like you said at first it starts out like a crime drama so I don't think people are expecting that level of, uh, and then it cools down so much and then you get this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yep. I like, I kind of just a general note here. Um, I thought it was a very respectable move to, um, not only use, uh, like archive footage of Dr. King as opposed to like castings. So- yes. I, I think it was like, it was a very lofty role to fill and there are plenty of people who can do it. Um, We've never had. I really wish he would get like the treatment of like this movie. Like we haven't seen sure a Martin Luther, a Martin Luther King Jr. movie like this one um, for Malcolm. No, X. we've just got my friend Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, why did you put that back in my head? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it exists it's like or the one i can really think of is selma but it's like very relegated to one you know one you know part you. yeah a part of his life too i mean um i i want to i want to see it happen um and i'm i'm not the guy to do it <laughs> no no any other thoughts on malcolm x no no i i don't think you know huge thoughts um like you said, it's it's very long. Um, yeah. What happens is necessary to understand his his entire arc as a human being, a historic human being. Yes. So, um, I don't think it's out of line to do so, but you know, it, it's worth noting that you know you will be spending the better part of four hours. Yeah. 
um, watch. I this. warned you about it uh, because I know you you tend to watch all three no, movies yeah. in a row, and I was like, don't do that. <laughs> right. Even if I think parts could be shorter, uh, the film earns its runtime. Uh, it's a fantastic biographical yeah. film, and that it, I think it's definitely worth seeing at least once. Um, I gave it an eight point five. I I I would give it an eight. I I would. Yeah, it's not a movie that I, you know, enjoy like I enjoyed Do the Right Thing because there yeah. are just things that you know are are really heavy, and it I I think that I wouldn't watch it again, but I it encourages you to learn more yes maybe through other media because they're yeah and i i agree with that i think it's like it's a a movie a lot of people could watch once and then be done you know um yeah and and that's totally fair i think despite the amazing performances i think i would watch it a couple more times in my life but it's i certainly i'm not gonna make it a tradition to watch it every year um (laughs) like i have thus far (laughs) these last two years but um yeah i mean it's a very different type of good movie i mean it's like it you know you don't get jacked up to watch schindler's list uh (laughs) no you know you get really excited to watch you know jaws or jurassic park but not schindler's list yeah um, right. So it's two very different kinds of enjoyment for watching a movie. And I I think you're totally right on that front. All right. So he got game. Yep. He got game. Cool. Cool. He, he does got game. He does in fact have game. He has got game. Um. So uh, let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's um i uh i will say like out out front i don't care about sports um i think that's same you know, i think that's been discussed but i love a good sports movie and was this in your opinion a good sports movie uh you know it it wasn't much uh, as much of a sports movie as i thought it would be as i thought it would be yeah that's fair actually yeah, yeah, I was looking for a different answer, but what you said is valid. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not like this movie? I didn't, and you okay. know, I, I liked parts. I I liked. I I think the story's great. Yes, I like the story. I think it's powerful. Um, however, the thing I couldn't really get past, especially because he's such a big part of the movie, something about Jesus's character just like yeah the no most i I know that the acting was a little lackluster yeah uh, yeah in this movie it was one of the weaker performances Um, in the movie i mean he's also going against denzel washington i know i know and And so even even his girlfriend is rosario dawson you know like i know yeah got the guy a break (laughs) yeah so it's it's hard for me it is because i don't want to be that dick who's like well he's you know he's just not as good as them but in reality he's a main character and i i've unfortunately i don't have a reason to like him in this movie and yeah. i don't really have a reason to connect with him because of the performance i think it's so, yeah i think it's kind of a better version of it like we would be sympathizing with him a lot more um but in a way we're kind of like it's definitely i think it's more of like it's less about connecting with them with the movie as is and more about just appreciating the like the transformative nature of like their relationship and everything and like i really appreciate how the the story unfolded especially with um like i was taking notes as the movie went on because it took 30 minutes to mention what his crime was um that being murder Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, they carried us for 30 minutes and I didn't even really, like, I kind I wondered what it was, but like, I wasn't begging for it yet, you know? Um, and then, you know, right. there interestingly mentions... enough, it starts out in the prison and yeah. you don't see this like prelude like you normally do um, right. where you see someone 
getting themselves into that situation that gets them landed in prison. I mean, so it's very interesting, especially way. from a movie from this era. Like any other movie would have been like, you know, would have started with a scene where it happened, and then we'd go to prison, <laughs> and then we'd clarify a few details later on. Um, this movie right. took its time to dole everything out, and um, you know, eventually we find out that it was his wife and Jesus's mom. And then, like, then we see the scene happen. And it's kind of, like, you, uh, I guess, you know, kind of skipping ahead a little bit. It's, um, you know, it's this scene of him, like, really pushing his son really hard to, you know, to be this great basketball player. Uh, his son gives up for the day. Um, and, you know, they go home. He starts, you know really getting in like digging into him and everything just like going way overboard um the mom yep. tries to get involved and then an accident happens where uh she ends up dead and you right. know you and kind there of shouldn't have been pushing there shouldn't have been all this yeah. violence there because that's what incurred but you know still it is an accident it yes. wasn't meant to happen there was no malintent um at all right um, but except maybe towards the sun, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's he's not a great dad. Um, like right at all. It, what it really is, he's he's getting overcome by his passions. Yeah, you know he's that's so. I mean, you could call it a crime of passion, even. But yeah, like you know the the way that he attacks his kid that that's what it is. It's. Mm -hmm no 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 i'm doing this for you yeah and so you know of course a lot of people have that mindset when they're in that situation it sucks and it's not right yeah. but you know uh, it does at least allow you to understand what happened and you know why he feels remorse and why forgiveness is possible in this scenario too yeah right true um so let's go back to the setup of the movie because the idea is that, you know, um, Denzel Washington's character, his son, Jesus is an incredible basketball player. And I can't remember what official it is. Is it like a Senator or something? I don't know. Um, he it's wants the governor. governor, the governor. That makes more sense. Um, mm -hmm. And he he wants uh, he wants Jesus to play for his alma mater, um, and like so basically they're gonna like they're gonna let him out of prison just for a little bit under a lot of supervision um, to try to coax his son into signing this um, letter of intent to go to that school, um, and right. uh, they the way they're gonna get him out is. Uh, they're gonna have him like pretend to be like uh, they're gonna have him like oh like he has to go because he's he's like really sick and my question was they do you really have to be sick yeah he said oh, i can't i can't account for your acting so he, he <laughs> oh actually that's, he did guy. say that i forgot about that yep he's like well we could fake it but i can't account for your acting so we got to do this the right way I'm like, well, damn. Okay. Guess somebody's getting poisoned in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then he's out in the he's out in the world again and Public Enemy comes in again yeah. and they are not fucking around on this soundtrack. It is so good. Yeah, that's one of the things I very much enjoyed. Like, oh man. They're uh the song they had's kind of like the main theme of the movie um where they sample for what it's worth. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> so goddamn good. Um, but uh, they also, when they're letting him out, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you'll have two officers watching you. Uh, one of them, he's black. You'll get along with them. And he hates him the most. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was surprised to not see them come into play more. That was kind of like, yeah. they gave him all these very strict rules and we never really see him have to follow them. Um, right. And so that was kind of, um, 
Like, I thought that was going to come into play more. Did it have much to do with the story? No. But, you know, I don't know. I I, I, I could give or take that. Um, and yeah, then, I think there were a few missed marks where that's concerned. I mean, you know, it's like Chekhov's prison guard. <laughs> right. <laughs> come on. You mentioned some rules. You mentioned some, some blowback and then nothing, yeah. nothing happens. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, it it goes pretty easily for him. Um, yeah, he he doesn't despite really blow the fact anything. that he quote unquote fails. <laughs> yeah, um, so he both fails and succeeds. Right. Yes. Um, and I mean, you know, it's another one of those things where it's like, did we like, are we even supposed to believe that the deal was real to begin with? Um, that's also possible. Yeah, that's hard to. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in the good faith of a mystery governor, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, so we meet, uh, we meet the his kids, um, the, his daughter, and of course Jesus, and they're living in a in an Jesus. apartment building yep. with uh, with Uncle Bubba, and he's a real dick. <laughs> um, he's, um, you know, like I, at first I thought I liked him. And then he started, right. uh, and then he he very quickly turned around and he's looking for money, and I I couldn't help but think like man you're gonna be real disappointed when you find out how how colleges treat their athletes. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's an insanely good point. Everyone thinks oh man he's gonna be a big old star, and it's like that's not what it is it's like there's no money yeah, every, in it there and it's like because i know like obviously the nba is on the table for him but you know i mean he's even he's still talking about colleges like it's very strange we also meet his uh his cousin booger um and one of his first lines is uh you can come play with my <laughs> you can come play with my sony playstation yes <laughs> i've never heard someone call it a sony playstation before like outside of like a conference you know that's that's true. <laughs> it's but like saying, I mean, like people back. say Nintendo GameCube or whatever. You know, like Nintendo Switch, but I've never heard it the I, other way. I hear Nintendo GameCube. I mean, I hear Nintendo Switch, but I've never heard Game uh, GameCube referred to as Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I, I feel like I've I feel like I've heard it both ways. But again, it might also be in a professional setting. Um, and then they play Jet Moto. Sure. Uh, <laughs> in the in the movie for a second uh, i recognized right. it so i had to write it down I, I think what was interesting about this movie for me I, I think the main story is all about influence yeah it's all about you know the fact that you know i mean mary said it best his uh, jesus's little sister she says it best she says well if everyone's saying it it must be true yeah and there are so many times where like so for big time for example is talking to jesus and he's like look people are literally just trying to fuck you over because they don't actually care about you they just want your money and he's hearing this for the first time just as his dad who you know we're led to believe he does care about him mm -hmm. just you know bad things happened you know, he's coming around for the first time just as Jesus is about to make it into the big time, we believe, yeah. you know? So it's like, it, it's all about influence. It's all about, you know, what you say really does affect these kids. And like, you know, that, like what you just brought up was like, a, was a great way to introduce the conflict of like, you know, he had like, he potentially might have listened to him, but this was the worst time he could have shown up and it's not his fault. Like... They they truly are setting him up for failure, uh, Denzel Washington's character, um, because, like you know, not only like, yeah, the guy, the guy, like the last time you saw him, he, he killed your mom. Uh, <laughs> are you gonna listen to that guy? Also, you know, all this other, um, like you know, he's got all this pressure coming from everybody, and now you've got this one. And luckily, I mean, he's going with an option that is a little bit more sensible it's not trying to jump straight to the nba and everything um but you know it, it's a it's a it's a balance he has to struggle with here 
Well, that balance is also informed by influence. His yes. mom told him, you're nothing without education. And, yep. you know, that's that's the influence that stayed with him. So that's playing a big part as well. Hell, even the, the cheating girlfriend is influencing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, like, like, I brought up how this wasn't much of a sports movie in many ways. Um, there, I feel right. like there are more sex scenes than like scenes where they play basketball in this movie. You know, that's probably right. I didn't tally, but they, they serve the story. Well, I mean, it's not like they're coming out of nowhere. Um, but well, it was Spike Lee loves his cutaways. So there's that. Yes. But... <laughs> there, there was a scene in particular where there was just a montage of sex um <laughs> yeah but so that but might you're right be the... in most places it does play a part yes yes the actual scenes where it's happening is uh is a completely different thing i guess we can kind of move into the ending on this one where they play for it and denzel washington right. loses which is really cool mm-hmm. um because there was like a question posed at the beginning and even he knows like yeah no he can he can beat me now uh, you know, we get all this stuff. It's like, okay, let's see who, who would like, you know, in a way it kind of, it makes the choice. It makes the choice his, um, for Jesus, but, um, it also ends up, you know, it ends up kind of screwing Denzel over a little bit because it basically like now it wasn't him that influenced him, quote unquote. Um, even though right. it probably wasn't even you know, a thought in his mind to go to this other school. Um, yeah. He but, didn't get the signature. So. Yeah. That's right. It's that's a no right. Go. Um, I was glad that there wasn't like, cause there was the bit where, uh, first of all, so like there's, they have like kind of an ending montage and you know, he, uh, Denzel chucks the ball over the prison wall, much like his son does, uh, for the, at the basketball court in the flashback um and like then a dirty old ball lands in the basketball court where jesus is playing or practicing um and you know it could mean that he's there but they don't like show like you know denzel standing in the bleachers or anything and i was like i'm glad there's no sappy ending here i'm also glad that the guard didn't shoot him um, that would have been right right that would have been uh ridiculous i was i was yeah i was glad that like you know the ending was very nice and it capped off very well um there were a lot but like my thought that i had immediately after being satisfied by like that thread being tied up was man not many others were um we see very little of what happens with uh, Mia Jovovich's character. Uh, True. Yep. I mean, in like, there's very little closure they really could give, but like, you know, there were parts of that storyline that were, that were nice. And I would have liked to see go somewhere. They treated it as a service to Denzel's character. You know, Jake yeah. is, Jake is literally just demonstrating that he's not a bad guy. That's that's what it served, and it it, it sucks yeah. that it didn't have more meaning to the story than that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really see much with um with the sister, uh, kind of get tied up. I mean, and, I mean, there's no, there's like there's no loose threads there. It would have just been nice because she just kind of disappears halfway through the movie. Um, yeah, and I mean, and she's Jake's biggest supporter, so yes, yes, it would have been nice and, to see. You know, more I mean, there's that. also nothing with like Uncle Bubba either. Like he doesn't kind of tell him to get fucked or anything. <laughs> um, but you kind of like in a way you kind of know that's going to happen. So it's like I mean, it's not it doesn't hurt the movie that much to not have these things. It's just things is like oh yeah, like these guys kind of disappeared. Like they did wrap up um, the stuff with Jesus's girlfriend. Um, I right. I got a little angry at the scene where it, it does wrap up because I was like, for a bit I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, why are you jealous? Right. Like, you're fucking someone else too. Um, and she acts like it's not a big deal. Um, and I just wrote down in that part, everyone sucks. <laughs> um, yep. 
Uh, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this movie? I I don't. I it, it was it was my least favorite of the three. Yeah. So. It was unfortunately I, I a bit of a weaker ending, and it wasn't meant. I don't think like as a movie, it's meant to really compare to the other two, obviously. But uh, sure, you know, we had a hard time like deciding what would fill this spot, and we saw another movie with Denzel Washington, and thought, you know what, let's give this one a shot, and it had good ratings and everything. So, um, it wasn't it wasn't a disappointing experience as far as I'm concerned, but it obviously doesn't measure up to the other two. Um, so should we move on to final thoughts then? Yeah. I would say I am surprised that this isn't like more – that I don't see this more of like as like a, like a classic like TNT dad movie. Like I feel like I should see this around more. I enjoyed it a lot. Like I said, a lot of things didn't pay off. I think it could have been shorter. Um, but, you know, I would say Seven Jamies. Um, it felt – I felt good about it at the end. Um a, a decent flick. I felt that, you know, I, maybe I did it a disservice by watching it last out of the three. Sure. But, you know, because obviously that forces a comparison mindset in yeah. some ways. But, I mean, I just wasn't enchanted the same way I was with, say, for example, Do the Right Thing. You know, it's going to be a 5.5 for me. I think that's a fair score. Well, there you have it. I don't know what we're doing next month. Um... <laughs> we will <done laughs> so, figure it out. <laughs> it'll, uh, but it'll happen. I mean, I think it might be a direct to dumpster, maybe. I don't, or did we already do that one? Maybe it's a torture podcast. I think it's a torture podcast. We're, we're doing something. And we're doing something, probably. Well, without further ado, <laughs> we'll see you later. I think. See you later. Bye. listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com. Okay. We're all very stinky here. <laughs> We're all stinked up. Hello. We are instinct. <laughs> He's trying to force this into the episode. Sorry. Last one. <laughs>